Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This podcast is brought to you by Vish, a complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, get Vish with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello and welcome back. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of introducing you to a fabulous person that I discovered through social media. Her name is Christina Russell. She is an expert colorist who specializes in redheads and blondes. She works at the infamous J. Edwards chain of salons. He's growing in leaps and bounds. I can't even keep up anymore. And she is one of his rock star colorists. She is also an educator and she has created a really fun tool for us colorists that I'm going to let her tell you about. So welcome, Christina. Hi, Elaine, and thank you. I was going to do that tacky g'day, mate, and I will do it because I'm from Australia. And I just think (laughs) that this is incredible that I'm sitting in my home office in Sydney, Australia, and I can see your beautiful face. And it's just like we're in the same room. So that's the power of podcasting. I'm really happy to be chatting with you again today. So thank you for having me as a guest. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I forgot that part too. Um, We also, she interviewed me on her podcast. Tell them the name of your podcast. Oh, yes. Um, Your episode actually from memory, I think is coming up in a couple of weeks. So um, with podcasting, you try and get, you know, as many done in advance as possible because there's so many moving parts. And my podcast is just celebrating episode 11 and it's called the Colour Christina Talks podcast, because my Instagram is Colour Christina. But for the Americans and Canadians, that's colour with a U, because that's how we spell colour in Australia. So it's um, the podcast is the Colour Christina Talks. Awesome. And to your point, I think it's so great that you and I have chatted several times through zoom facetime talking and we feel like old friends so that's that's the positive and the amazing part of technology there's been a lot of negatives of technology but um that is is truly amazing it's a little tricky for us to come up with times that work for both of us because of the time differences but other other than that it's like we're you know having coffee together in person it's it's really amazing yeah i love that too So part of what I, um, as an educator, something I feel strongly about is specializing. And it's, it's not, you know, not everyone agrees with that. You know, a lot of hairstylists feel that as an artist, they don't want to choose between the cutting side, the coloring side. They want, they feel like they want to be well-rounded and know how to do everything. For me, I always, 
I was good at cutting, but I didn't have the passion for it that I had for color. And I found myself, you know, I would look at my schedule and I would see haircut, haircut, haircut. And then I would finally see highlight and my face would light up and I would look forward to that appointment. And after doing that for about 15 years, I had a mentor that I worked with on a regular basis. I went to every class she ever had. Her name is Beth Minardi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her from Australia, but she's been around for a long time. And she talked about, you know, how she was the color side and her husband was the cut side and that she trained all the colorists. He tra- and I thought, wow, that would be amazing, but I can't do that. You know, you tell yourself the story that you can't do it. So once I did it, it was like a whole brand new career and everything just fell into place and it's been an amazing journey. So not only do you, you have you chosen to specialize in color, but you also, I think it was genius for you to carve out a really specific niche and say, I'm your girl for redheads and blondes. And I know you do, you say corrective color too, but I think redheads and blondes are like your main thing. So, so speak to that a little bit, how you were smart enough to really drill that down. Oh, thank you. And I know Beth, I had the pleasure a few years ago of being backstage, not in the same team as her, but seeing her and some other greats at a behind the chair show when I was representing Redken in Nashville and I got to meet Kim Vo. Oh, and I was fangirling and trying to keep my cool and stay calm with that. So I, I know Beth, but she's probably a broader known artist in America. Um, So to answer your question, I've specialized in hair color for about 20 years. So within that, I have, I've been hairdressing for almost 25 years, just, just somewhere between 20 and 25, so you can't quite guess my age. <laughs> and just like you, I loved when I saw colours, but I also got a little bit nervous when I'd see them booked in. There was all these different emotional feelings around colour. And the nervousness came from being really excited to do them, but not having the technical skill or know-how to always execute things with clarity. And so for me, I worked for a few years doing hairdressing and in Australia, we have apprenticeships. So you work in a salon and then you study one day a week and it's up to the employer or salon owner or manager to provide and suggest other um, additional trainings. But they never really needed to do that so much with me. I attended as much education as I could. If Weller was running something on a Monday night with a champagne and a blow-dry suggestion, I was there. If there was a (laughs) class on a Monday run by Goldwell, I was there. I would sign up for the um, post-trade courses. Anything that I could attend, I would absolutely be there. And I realized from an early stage that education was really important, particularly to know how to paint and get the results every time that you wanted. And I've made a lot of mistakes. I've turned a lot of people green by accident and probably red by accident as well back in the day. And I've learned how to get out of those situations, which is why I do say to clients that I do corrective color. But you're right, my dream clientele, this is my niche, what I've decided to really promote and since doing that, I attract this client back, is red hair 
copper hair, strawberry blonde, and what I like to call them fussy blondes. So they might have gone to many other places and had blondes, but they haven't been happy. And they could be a really classic ten foil blonde, um, but it's just about the placement and listening to them and meeting their expectations. The reason why I became a redhead expert is because nobody else is doing it. And it is also because when I would teach collections, red is eye-catching, red looks really dynamic on a stage for a hair show. And red is a really easy colour to get bright. But it's not an easy colour to get it right to look natural. So you see people on the street talking around, they have what's called hot roots or those glowy bright roots and browned out or dull ends. I had feedback from clients saying, now I'm starting to go a little bit grey. I've been a natural redhead since I was young and just losing that brilliance. And so I was getting feedback from clients that they weren't being able to be cared for anywhere else. and. I got a couple of people that were makeup artists that were um, influential in my micro community. So they are working with the same type of clientele that I'd like to attract back. And I started experimenting on all the different fashion shades from, you know, orange juice looking copper to ginger to rose gold to pinks. And these, there are a couple of girls that I explored all of this on and I realised Painting red and copper and strawberry blonde hair can be easy. It can be predictable. It really just goes back to colour theory. And in a saturated Instagram and social media market, I wanted to stand out and create something that was uniquely me, but that was helpful and create a practical guide, which led me to learn how to make an ebook and distribute it for free across the globe. And I get so many hairdressers saying, oh my goodness, like, thank you so much. It's something as easy as knowing your level systems, but it certainly doesn't feel easy when you're sweating on the floor behind the chair and you look at the hair and you think, oh, the roots now look like clown hair and the ends still look like mousy brown. And a lot of us have gone really wrong with it. Now, also in Edwards & Co, I work in a really large salon. I'm a freelance hair colorist and an educator. So even just standing out within my salon team, I wanted to be able to tell the front desk that I had something unique. And that was any red hair color request or copper, send them to me. In a world full of balayage and beachy ways, I want to be different. I want to do what I know my strengths are. I can certainly do a little bit of freehand, but I now do them on redheads. And let me tell you, if you can nail a redhead's balayage and sun-kissed foil, you've got them for life. So there's a few different reasons. It came from consumers, it came from me wanting to be technical and creative and have fun, but really believing that my niche and my vibe is going to attract back the right tribe of clientele. And I've become one of the most highly requested colorists in Edwards & Co for these specific um, colors. So I don't do any cutting or any blow drying. And I absolutely love it. It's taken a couple of years to create this after just simply changing my Instagram bio to include 
I'm a redhead expert, but I've got the skills to back it up and I just love it. That's amazing. And so, so smart because yes, Edwards and co not only does he have multiple locations, but each location has how many chairs, 20, 25 chairs, something like that. Yeah. The one that's a, the one that I work in would have probably 30 hairdressers. There's about, I would say, 25 colour chairs and about 20 styling stations. Oh, my gosh. If I had a blood pressure cuff on right now, I think my blood pressure spiked five five points just hearing Mind about you, what just Jay, thinking about it. Jay has going on. <laughs> God bless him. But, you know, yeah. I always, you know, early in my career, I did not understand that we really are in charge of our own career and we are a brand within a brand, whether we're renting a chair, whether we own the salon, whether we you know, work one day a week somewhere and freelance, whatever it may be, we are ultimately in charge of who lands in our chair. And you know, I think we all come out of beauty school, guns a-blazing, and we just want a warm body in our chair and we're not really being selective. And it really does take so much longer to be successful with just willy-nilly, you know, whoever lands in my chair and I'll figure it out where, you know, you taking that approach and saying, you know, you, you looked at the market and you said, oh my gosh, if I see one more back of the head pose with the balayage and the hands and the hair and, you know, so many people were doing it and it's like, how many different times can you see that before it becomes white noise? And it's great that you were able to separate yourself that way. Now, I totally loved your ebook. I dove right in and, and went right through it. And the way that you explain the levels, like the six, seven, eight, it's something that is so simple, but yet we have all forgotten, you know, and, and I see people struggling with reds and they're at the total wrong level for where they want to be in the type of red they're trying to create. So uh, for, for me, I would say, um, because you do so many of them, by the way, I love that you're back to your fun color. Last time we spoke, oh. you were blonde and I was like, no, you're so known <laughs> for your like peaches and peaches. rose golds. And so no, I don't I even know how to said. describe this. They can't see you, which is unfortunate because it looks amazing and it's so you, oh, but you have fun you. with I it. So, so what I, would you say are your top tips either top tips for redheads or what do you think the top three things that go wrong that people don't understand? You take it either way you want to go with it. I I love either. Okay. I love either as well. I think the three things that could go wrong, I'll choose. So the three things that could go wrong, one is color banding and having inconsistent color from roots to ends or some hairdressers call the scalp area zone one out to zone three on the, on the ends. So number one, I'm going to write these down so I can recap them, would be banding. Number two would be miscalculations with formulations. And number three would be not knowing your levels and underlying um, undertones. So would you like me to just explain each a little bit more? So not knowing undertones. And levels, I'm writing this down. 
This is the beauty of podcasting. This is the beauty of podcasting. It's a conversation without a script. So I'm literally there like writing it down. What are going to be my top three points? So banding. Banding can happen more obviously with blondes, with bleaching and more dangerous types of breakage colours. So we're really aware and really savvy of avoiding banding, most of us when we're learning, for technical on-scalp lighteners or bleachers as I like to call them because it is a bleach. I know there's a lot of other words for magical crystals and things like that but I call a bleach a bleach and um, I know that sometimes it's inevitable with regrowth and the way that a client has done that you can see it but it's it's really obvious in the blonde world. In red hair and copper and retouching it is incredibly important to write down or type up or record, however you record your colour history, to the exact gram what you have used. So you can repeat it if it was successful and you can adjust it if it needs to be adjusted. I cannot stress this enough. The one tip for avoiding banding in a long-term or revisiting client regardless of whether they're high committed or they visit you every now and then, is to record your history and to actually always measure on digital scales. This is particularly important when you're doing fashion colours and natural colours because sometimes it's the tiniest increment or the tiniest addition of a colour booster or concentrate using a gold or an orange or a yellow when we're talking about red hair or with grey coverage, it could be the difference between one-third base versus two-thirds base and sometimes it might just look a little bit dull. So I always write the exact grams. I leave a note for myself if this looked fantastic and I should suggest to repeat it or I always leave a note saying, looked a little bright when I took the photo. However, client left happy, assess the fade off. That would be a common thing that I would do. So then that sets me up to not just say, same again, because I could look at it when I'm separating at their next visit. And if it looks consistent, inside I'm doing like a little happy dance. But if it's consistent, and I had a note that last time it was too bright, then I just remove a little bit of that brightness. I don't tell them, I don't ask them for permission. As a professional, I remove a little bit of that glow. So banding is very different for red and copper hair than it is for blondes. It's actually not that dangerous to overlap. It actually sometimes requires you to tint right through roots to ends. Because if it is a new client to you, or if that person in your chair is changing brands, perhaps they've been weller at a previous salon, they're in your chair now and they're going with you and you do Redken, for example. I'm just picking random brands here for the illustration of this story. The way that I teach hairdressers is to consider your root or zone one formula to get that desired result. And if you want consistency with a changing over of a brand, 
to actually then keep, if it's not too sensitized, is to remix the same or similar color, but with a 10 or 20 vol and pull that through the mid bands and ends or zone two and three, and always allow time for a new red or copper client to be what's called a double process color. Therefore, if there's any areas that are too bright or not bright enough, you capture them and you glaze them or you pump up the volume with your, for example, Shades EQ gloss or your Demi toner from whatever brand you use. So we often put pressure on ourselves that doing red, copper and strawberry blonde is a one-stop process. Mm, I love that. That's so true. Blonding is double process, but I find I have more redhead clients that are a double process and they know it, they allow the time and it removes the pressure. So they would be my suggestions around how to avoid banding because that's a common one. It really doesn't matter so much if you overlap. You're not going to get banding that way. It's from miscalculations, which will lead me into my second point of what can go wrong with red. So miscalculations really come down to knowing your levels and knowing your undertones. And we so often know how to cancel an undertone. But when you step into the world of reds or on-purpose golds or caramels or caramels, I think as you say in America, <laughs> we say caramel. <laughs> we say caramel. I, when I used to teach over there, I used to love getting people to say caramel and mocha because it would be like caramel mocha and I could never say it so when you're in the caramels and the coppers miscalculations come down to not understanding the undertones and how to enhance them so this is a little rule that will help all of you regardless of what brand you are using or you love to use this will help you it's a universal color principle and color language that you can if you take one thing from our conversation today, this will be a game changer. Level seven in any color range is where copper lives. Level seven in hair is also where copper lives. If you remember just one number, lucky seven, <laughs> seven is where copper lives. Now, I'll go a little bit deeper into that. So if you go higher, you get more, more gold. If you go lower, you get more red. And so I've spent a lot of time in bars where there are drag queens. I've seen a lot of <laughs> live shows. I've had some parties in my lounge room where people have done a little number. And so you know that, like, five six seven eight, seven, eight. <laughs> when you know that's maybe you've seen it on a dance show or in a drag act think of that and it's fun it'll bring a smile to your face it'll that get rid is of fun fear. i love that <laughs> it'll get rid of their fear and level five is a berry or a cool red level six is a red 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 level seven is copper Level eight is copper gold. So that's your five, six, seven, eight. Miscalculations happen when your client brings in a picture and shows you a reddish copper, a mahogany copper, or a pinkish copper, and you grab for a tube of seven. Because red 
all mahogany need the six level because it's more of a red. Anything lower than a, than a six becomes a berry, whether it's a, or it could be an eggplant or an aubergine mm. down at three or four, burgundy and berries. Mahogany really sits around a level six. So don't get confused by what people are asking for. Look at the picture, decide for yourself what level it is and then grab the colour tube according to that. It is better to grab the correct number colour tube and drop your peroxide if needing to get the right colour. So literally, just remember, Lucky 7 is for, think of an Irish copper, a natural ginger. A true copper lives at level 7. And number three of things that can go wrong is really not knowing your undertones and levels, which I've already touched on just a little bit. So undertones are when you lighten and expose the hair. And we so often grab our violet or our blue base toner to drab down yellow or gold. However, with red hair, we're making that decision around formulating. And I often ask myself this, do I want to enhance or counteract a undertone? And that helps me choose my shade. So we've covered the five, six, seven, eight in levels. Now, undertones are exactly the same, whether you're dealing with balayage, highlighting, foiling or going red. However, with red hair, not knowing your undertones and levels might mean that you grab for more of a fashion colour than need be. And that's when you get a brighter root as well. I'll give you an example because, you know, we're hairdressers. We have clients that have gone well, some things that have gone a little bit unexpected, let's call them. An unexpected outcome is better than a, whoops, shit, you know, a mistake <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> so an unexpected outcome could happen when you forget that level six hair, when it's lightened, will expose some red orange. Mm. When you get a copper request, I'll paint the picture. Last week, I have a gorgeous friend of mine that has tricked the world. She is a natural redhead. And she is a level five. She likes to be a level seven copper. She does the tanning. She does it all. You wouldn't know unless you stood right on top of her at week four and one day <laughs> and then she starts to panic if she can't get in with me so what I do with her and level five to a seven I know that there's red in that when I lift it so I have made a mistake on her once before when I grabbed a six level red copper what I would do for that client is I allow the red in her hair to be my exposed undertone and therefore, I go for a seven-level seven level copper and I add in an eight-level gold because red and gold make orange. So I actually like to create seven-level coppers on five-level naturals with a seven-level copper reflect tint with 9% or 30 volt to lift two shades. When I lift two shades, I also rely on adding a bit of an eight-level gold because that creates the perfect copper reflect. 
it's natural and it's using her undertone. I do that because I'm working with her undertone rather than adding in a pigment. So that would be the, the last thing is not knowing your undertones when you're wanting natural tones, you need to use them as part of your formulation, more so than in any other color palette. So I hope those tips and tricks of what not to do with what to do if you find yourself in that situation is helpful for your listeners. Absolutely. The other thing that I used to struggle with years ago, earlier on in my career, was that Nicole Kidman, really pale, like level eight and a half, nine strawberry. And now that I really understand color and I'm not just grabbing things and praying, I realize that the reason that strawberry is difficult is because strawberry doesn't live at a level nine. You know, you've already lifted past all the warmth. So is there any tips on strawberry that you would share with people on that note? Yeah, I think that's a really great question, actually. And Nicole is a great person to reference for that type of colour. And I often look at, is it Deborah Messing and Julianne Moore? Mm -hmm. I find a few key, you know, lovable, gorgeous redheads to reference to and then look at all the variations of them as well so with regards to nicole potentially for that client they would be graying and they could be challenged to create a natural strawberry blonde that is believable on hollow or pigmented um hair so there's that intense variation in there in my ebook i've got uh a page that's dedicated to knowing how to get successful and natural looking gray coverage in grays deciding on different different zones and different salt and pepper sort of variations so i'll leave that as a little surprise if people go to that um, and download it but in regards to strawberry blondes the trick is to not rely on just one formula to give it to you because every head of hair is different. This could be a classic highlight and low light foil opportunity. And something that I'm a massive fan of is classic tinted foil highlights. So when a redhead or a strawberry blonde's hair moves, there's often copper gold, strawberry blonde, mousy brown, a few strands of grey. There's a lot of different tones in there. So if we try to create a solid all over colour, it's near impossible and it's probably not realistic. So for strawberry blondes, you could have a few strands of an eight level copper gold. You could have some bleach or lightener pieces. I often use high lift or highest level lifting blonde tints in my foils and I get a variation in my base. So I could do a, let's go for a example. If they were a graying or a client that wants a natural textured strawberry blonde, my tips would be for a harmonious seamless color to choose tint or colors that are one level apart. For example, a level nine natural gold a level eight copper gold, a high lift tint and a bleach and tumble those throughout. Then you can vary it up with either a direct dye toner that's a pale rose gold 
or perhaps if you like Redken Shades EQ, you could go for something such as a, I know a lot of your listeners and followers love Redken. That's why I'm re referencing that. You could go for a Shades EQ gloss. That's a 9RB and a pastel peach. And for non-Redken users, you could go for something that is a nine level glaze with a bit of a pinky beige base. This is where you don't want to grab just your natural because it might flatten it a little bit too much. So something yes. that has a little bit of a pink to support the filling and the sparkle at that level will help to stop it from being hollow. A little bit of pink will stop a copper appearing brassy or brash. So a pink beige or a pink natural on a level nine, because we all know red doesn't really exist up at a level nine, but a dilution of it certainly does. So to avoid a nine level natural that may mouse it or drab it down and grab for a pinky beige and a bit of copper. But my tip is to really try to get a little bit of variation in there as well. So that. highlighting and low lighting. Yeah, that's a great tip. And something that came up for me when you were speaking to utilizing the underlying pigment instead of fighting it, that's something that I have really had good results with. You know, I always say to people when I'm teaching, we all know that when red shows up or orange shows up, when it's not wanted, it's the hardest thing to get rid of. But when you're trying to create it, it's the hardest thing to keep. So artificial red pushes off right away. Red that comes out through remaining pigment contribution, you cannot get rid of without using lightener. You know, it's like something that just stays forever. So it's ironic, you know, in the, in the, the world of red, it's something that's definitely a catch-22. And it really is best to use those natural tones that come out anyway, why fight them? And, and I really love you pointing out that a redhead can be a double process. I think that's my favorite thing that you pointed out. Um, I'm excited for people listening because Christina is generously offering her ebook for anyone listening. Um, tell people how they can get your ebook because I know I want to reread it after this interview. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. I, I think that's the way, isn't it? With some, I even go back and re-listen to some of my favorite podcasts as well, because sometimes your ears are open and your mind is open to some parts of the information. And I know as an educator and as a student that you, your brain can take in the excitement and a few tips, and then you experience something new in the chair, in the salon, and you think, oh, now, what did they say about that again? I haven't experienced this yet. So now I'm ready for that other bit of information. So um, my ebook is available on my website and there's a couple of pop-ups either on the blog page or there's an easy sign up and all you need to do is enter your name and email. So I have somewhere to send it to. It's available on my website, which is Russell. I'll spell it. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com.au. And so it's the ultimate guide for hair painting reds and coppers, which is really a practical guide in the form of an ebook. You can save it to your smartphone or tablet, and then you can have it as an easy reference that's flexible in its, in its options, regardless of what brand you use. So I talk in levels, I talk in color reflex, I share photos that clients would give you 
and really break it down um, in relatively easy, you know, point form. It's not heavy. It's it's less than twenty pages, but it's in a, it's more designed to be like a practical guide and a reference that you could read through, absorb as much as you can, but then save it. That can help you get out of those hot spots when a when a request comes through and you need a bit of support. And share your fabulous sparkly color boards. Oh, yes. I've also got, when you go onto my website, I have an online shop. So in the last year, I've worked on creating a couple of tools. Some are physical tools. I've also got some gorgeous and they're pretty fun and kitschy earrings for color lovers and hair lovers and some digital products for social media, like Instagram highlight icons. And my glitter color boards are for hair painting with, you can either use them to load up foils and one of the edges is rounded so it doesn't tear foils. And then also for hair painting. So for balayage, for anyone that likes balayage boards, I've found an Australian supplier of glitter perspex who hand makes these. They're machine cut and then he and his team um, hand sand them so they're curved and they're a tool that I absolutely love to use. And I know some people use um, boards for loading up their... And, you know, who doesn't like glitter? They come in so many different glittery colours. There's a pink, a dark pink, a red, ruby red. They're, they look fabulous and they're reusable and they're much easier to clean than... I've seen people using takeaway tape on it. I realised by looking in people's back rooms that... You know, it, there needed to be something better, more durable and prettier. So you can check they out my really colorboards in my shop. My favorite is the pink because that's part of my brand. I'm, I'm a Barbie at heart. So I love the yeah. pink and the blue. Um, very pretty and very, very useful, you know, as a tool, but fun because we all know how our coworkers like to steal our things. So if they know your color, oh, you, can, yes. you can steal it back. <laughs> I love that too. There's about 10 colors, so you can get your own color, and everyone on the team can have a different color, including black. I've found a black glitter as well because there are some people that just love black. And everything's better with sparkle, even black. Yeah. So I always, I could talk to you forever. You know that I love you, but I always end these interviews with the question if you could give any piece of advice to, I know Australia is different, so I'm going to say, 21-ish is when you finished your training, your apprenticeship. So you're 20, 21, however old you were when you finished and you got finished your training and you, you know, went into the salon for the first time. What would you tell Christina with your wisdom now? I would tell my 20, yeah, that is about when I finished actually, 2021. I should have finished at 20 and I extended my um, apprenticeship to 21. I would say buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> would you do anything different or would you do it all the same? If there were different opportunities offered, I, I would take them. I have 
worked really hard and worked in so many different teams and tried to say yes to any opportunity or any creative concept that came my way and things that weren't around yet. I sought out mentors or other creative experimental people that wanted to try and do things like photo shoots or create new shows and things. So I don't know that I would do anything different. I would still say, perhaps I wouldn't say yes to absolutely everything. However, <laughs> I feel that some of the teams and trips I've been on are just so incredible and there's so much in this industry. So I would literally say to a 20-year-old hairdresser, just buckle up and, you know, get get ready for the wild ride because it is a roller coaster and it is... It, there's lots of ups and downs, but it's it's incredible. So I, I don't think I would change anything. I love that. Well, thank you so much. It's always, always a pleasure. And everyone, make sure to go on to Christina's website, take advantage of that wonderful ebook, get yourself a sparkly board and try something different. Remember the five, six, seven, eight. I love that. You know, I'm stealing that at my next show. <laughs> Steal it. It's yours. The, the snap and everything. The other thing I stole from snack. Christina that I use on the regular, and she didn't say it during this podcast, so I'm going to say it for her. She said, no, you say it because your, your Australian accent is so much cuter about the color chartist. Do it, do it in your, your little accent. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure where we're going. Um, I like to say, this is something that I like to be and like to say. I think it's fun steal it, take it, do what you want with it, but be a colour artist, not a colour chartist. So don't rely on, the, on pulling out the colour chart that means and stroking the hair and trying to decide what to do. Be a colour artist, not a colour chartist. That is my favourite. So I'm going to end right there. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest Thank of your you. day of and I will talk too. to you soon. We'll see you guys on Bye. the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.